Hey everybody, uh, welcome to the Fantasy Timeline. Uh, I think we're at episode 110. Sheesh. Uh, I'm here with my man Drew. Drew, what's up, brother? Not much. Appreciate everybody being patient with us for a few minutes here. Uh, tis the season. <laughs> yeah, man, it's been crazy. You know, we obviously we're missing a big piece of the show. Uh, Josh, Josh uh, couldn't make it today, dealing with uh, you know personal stuff, and uh, so we're gonna try to carry the conversation here uh the the two guys who don't like to talk quite as much so uh we'll we'll see what we can do here um so uh yeah i guess uh we should just get rolling um with the good bad and ugly um drew why don't you start out with your good uh my good this week he has been good all freaking year uh, but I, I eked into the next round of the playoffs in Scott Fishbowl thanks to one Mr. Cooper Cup Yeah, uh, last night or two nights ago. I forget which night it was. But uh, 136 yards, uh, most catches in the season for uh, Rams history. Uh, it's a couple of good touchdowns from Stafford and uh, one that was just, you know, f- feels like they've been playing together for years already. Um, so really uh, – Thrilled that I got him where I did, and hoping he keeps it up for a couple more weeks. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty amazing how how well he's done. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of am like shaking my head a little bit with these records that are all going to get smashed because everybody's playing an extra game. You know, it's like Jim Brown had all the rushing records in fourteen games, and then you know here comes all these other people that weren't Jim Brown crushing his records and. Um, I think we're going to start seeing that happen all the time. And these season records, I mean, it gets people who are newer to the sport um, into it, but the old timers are shaking their head and shaking their fists. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy to think that Stafford is the quarterback for like the arguably the two best wide receiver seasons in history. Um, So that's pretty, uh, pretty interesting. Might be something there. Yeah, could be. Maybe it wasn't him and it was the Lions. Um, So, okay, my good is uh, Tyler Huntley. Um, You know, he's he's come in and he did an admirable job previously, but, um, you know, he came in uh, this last game and, I mean, he looked decent. Like, he looked like he knew what his limitations were. He wasn't going to be, like, taking chances. pretty much focused on Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown. I think they just got, I think they had like 70% of all the targets. Um, but he ended up with a uh, 70% completion percentage, 28 to 40 uh, for only 215 yards, but two touchdowns, no picks. And then he ran 13 times for 73 yards and two touchdowns. So, um, you know, uh, maybe a little uh, Lamar light going here and, uh, you know, he, he did pretty well. I mean, granted, they lost, and, you know, it was another two-point conversion that did not uh, succeed. Um, but I don't blame them trying to do that. Um, you have a backup quarterback in there, and you're down to one play. That's probably the right decision, I think. But um, when it fails, everybody's going to question it. But, um, yeah, so that, that was my good. Um, any thoughts on him? Did you happen to catch any of the game at all, or...? I didn't see much. I had Andrews in one league uh, where I was already in the hole to Mahomes and Kelsey. So 
Uh, Andrews did an admirable, admirable job trying to, to level things out. But, yeah, you don't make mistakes. And I, I appreciate how Harbaugh trusts the guys at the end of the game. I uh, love the trust in his players and the, the collaboration they have there, which I think is definitely uh, strange to some. But uh, I think it goes a long way in the locker room. And, yeah, I, I appreciate that about him. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, my bad is uh, pretty much just the Bucks. Um, it was a rough week. Uh, Brady looked pretty, uh, I don't know, he just looked discombobulated. He just did not, like, he's getting hit. You know, Brady just doesn't like getting hit. Um, so he had a rough game. Then you have, like, if you're going to pick three players not to get hurt on the team, you would point to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Leonard Fournette. And who are the three players that get hurt? So uh, it's a rough, rough uh, week for them, no doubt. Um, frustrated Brady, which might not be the worst thing um, this time of year. You know, he'll, uh, I'm sure he'll be chippy and get everybody playing um, a little better. But it's going to be tough. Uh, I mean, thankfully for them, Antonio Brown's coming back this week uh, to have somebody. And Mike Evans may play, um, probably unlikely, but um, a big man with a uh, tweaked hamstring can't be the uh, the best thing. So um, I imagine they'll probably sit him just to let him, you know, uh, heal a little bit more. Um, but rough week for them. Um, so... I mean, I think they're in the playoffs no matter what, um, but uh, we'll see if they're able to do anything beyond that these next two weeks. Yeah, they should they should win their division pretty easily, I would think. And uh, as a as a Bills fan, I'm I'm all for seeing Brady uh, get shut out and all for seeing Drew Brees' record hold steady for a little bit longer. So, <laughs> yeah, not a, a little little uh, scared of what that means for the next few games, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, who's your bad? Uh, I was going through, this is a guy I don't have in any teams. So fortunately I wasn't depending on him for anything, but uh, really surprised to see, especially with a game that they won um, for the Steelers here that Najee uh, Harris only had 18 yards on 12 carries, a couple of catches. Um, so I, I didn't get to see this game either, uh, but in Nashville, of course. So I uh, saw all the sulking Titans fans around, but uh, for a game that you would think would uh, allow him to carry the ball a lot more than that, I don't know if he got injured or dinged up along the way or what, but that was certainly uncharacteristic for uh, what was the consensus RB1 this year in the rookie draft. Yeah, he uh, he just did not get anything going, but their whole offense didn't. I think they only had like 200 total yards. It was just all the turnovers um, that helped them out, and they had short fields, um, a lot of field goals. And uh, it was just enough for them to uh, to win. So um, just a terrible game, honestly. So sounds about uh, right for the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and who's your? What's your ugly? Uh, ugly man. I I I made a, a pretty strong play for this guy midseason. Jamar Chase uh, needed him to do some more Jamar Chase type things with Burrow this week to get me through. Uh, and one of the leagues that I didn't make it. Uh, so to see four targets and one catch for three yards was uh, that's doo doo. That is not what the number one prospect uh, should be bringing to the table in week one of playoffs. But then again, this whole week was uh, all over the place and a little bit ugly. 
Yeah, we could have just said that, right? Like, basically, we picked up a few guys who did well and then just say everything's bad and ugly otherwise because this was a really rough, rough week. Um, just all around. Just so much rescheduling, all this other kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, my ugly is just Mike Glennon. I mean, I can't imagine he's the best option. I mean... Why not just throw in the young kid? You know what you're getting out of Mike Glennon. Nothing. Um, 13 of 24 for 99 yards. Uh, zero touchdowns, three picks. So um, just super ugly. I mean, it. some of the passes he was throwing was just, I mean, like arguably I could throw those. Like, I mean, they were just that bad. And just so inaccurate and just, I don't know. Made Saquon look like uh... – a wide receiver one on one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's uh that's his uh, claim to fame for the game. So, whoa. Uh, but uh yeah, it was just rough, man, to the point where they pulled him and put Fromm in and Fromm basically matched his production in like a third of the time. So, um I think this is the end of the Mike Glennon experience and uh if there ever was one. Um <laughs> And At least in New York. That guy's gotten paid a couple places. Yeah, there's some rough... Uh, like, that just shows you the dearth of quality quarterbacks. Like, the fact that some of these guys are backups in the NFL is just mind-blowing to me. Like, why not just pick, a like, a fast guy? You know what I mean? Like, just as your backup, have it be... It doesn't have to be the same type of quarterback. Just pick a guy that's going to be at least mobile and can do something for you. But... Who am I? <laughs> so, um, all right, let's get to uh, some uh, things we saw on the timeline. Now, to be fair, um, you know, Josh uh, had to step away for this week, and Drew, uh, it's a busy time uh, running an Apple store. Um, it is. And uh, so, and I was, uh, I drove an hour away tonight to take my mom out for dinner for her 74th birthday. So, uh, we all are kind of scrambling. So, we hit the fantasy timeline chat for the questions. So, we didn't pull them from the timeline necessarily, or at least not all of them. So, uh, quick plug for the FTC uh, it's our chat, free if you want to join in, uh, hit up one of us and we'll add you to the group. Uh, Lots of good people. Um, and, uh, yeah, we talk pretty much about everything, including life and a little bit of football, too. So uh, hit us up. But here's a couple. Uh, uh, Jake Earl, who's in the FTC, hit us with a couple of things. Uh, the first one was rank these three for long-term dynasty value. Darrell Henderson, Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt. So, long-term dynasty value. Well, if that's what we're basing off of, is it just age? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, um, but just for dynasty value as of this moment, um, I would have to think that Fournette's at the top. Um, and then Henderson, then Hunt. Um, that's a question mark. Yeah. Uh, it was not a uh, a period. I'm Ron uh, Burgundy. Yeah, exactly. So, um, 
That's a good question. I mean, I think that Fournette has to be just based on how he's performed. And I, you got to imagine that he's going to have the same role next year. Uh, Henderson, I still feel pretty good about him. I mean, Stoney's doing well, but I don't think that they're the same type of back. I'm not sold on Akers being Akers when he comes back. Um, you know, it's Deontay Foreman's actually finally just performing after four years of, after a uh, Achilles. Um, Mac, we would argue, has not come back yet. Um, so I think that I think that I feel pretty good still with um, Jarrell Henderson moving forward, and he's the youngest by far, I think, in this group. Um, or at least by a couple of years. And uh, Kareem Hunt, I, I think he's a great running back. I mean, he's, he's um, I think, secured for a few more years, and he's behind Chubbs. So, like, I think his ceiling's limited. So, um, yeah, I think that's it. You, you uh, have a different order, Drew? Uh, I agree. I think uh, overall, yeah, I, I joked in the in the FTC chat earlier this week. I, for some reason, I have something against Henderson. I think it's just because I don't have him anywhere. I've not been able to uh, gain any type of advantage from his play this year. Uh, I, I do wonder what it'll look like when Akers is back because he got hurt so early in the year. We'll see, uh, you know, where he is. Like you said, though, it's been it's such a tough injury. Um, so it, it's possible maybe you get a little bit of a dip on Henderson if people start to see videos of acres doing better or there's chatter about him you know taking maybe first first team reps in the off season but uh yeah Fournette I think has the most clearly defined role on on the best team or in the best situation so if he continues that building the rapport um catching out of the backfield he should be for the next year or two potentially uh you know top guy out of this group I like Kareem Hunt a lot I think uh, I had high hopes that he'd be uh, kind of like an Alva Kamara, who should be able to maintain his value and maintain his style of play for a while. I think he's a little bit more physical than Kamara is. Maybe looks for a little bit more of that contact. So um, a little bit more injury this year uh, than he's had previously. If he had stayed healthy all year, I probably would have moved him up past Henderson just out of preference. But I think that order makes sense. Um, and again, you know, long term for running backs is what two years out maybe. Right, uh, and then the landscape changes. So I think for the next couple of years, if I had my pick, I would prefer to have Fournette first, then Henderson, then Hunt. Yeah, but I could see depending on where my team is, deciding I want Hunt over Henderson. So I kind of agree with your comments in that regard. Um, you know, if it's a team that's contending, I feel like they're Hunt's more of a sure thing. So like I'm okay taking him, but yeah. Um, his next question was if you have Jonathan Taylor on your roster and you're not in the playoffs, what would it take for you to get rid of him? So um, that's an interesting one. If I'm not in the playoffs, I mean, he's a running back at the top right now. Who's to say he's going to be that next year. I mean, we can project that maybe, but like we we see running backs fall off the, you know, if the line gets worse, the the team's defense gets worse, so they got to throw more. You know, there's just a lot of different things that could potentially affect um, affect the uh, the run game. So, I don't know. Um, my thought is, I probably need like probably it depends on where the first, but I'm I'm almost about to say three firsts. Um, I see Drew nodding. Is is that where you are? 
Yeah, I'll tell you, as a team that was in this position about six weeks ago, uh, I threw the towel in pretty early on a home league, 12-team dynasty, half PPR. And uh, Jonathan Taylor and Justin Jefferson are kind of my two core pieces I'm building around, or I was building around. Um, so I actually got, uh, before he broke out, I got Javante in two mid to late firsts for Jonathan Taylor. And uh, I still don't know how I feel about that. I feel a little better after Javante got some time to himself. But Jonathan Taylor is such such a good player. Um, it looks like they're finally giving him some of the usage that he deserves. Um, it was awesome to see the walk-off touchdown. You know, again, a game-sealing touchdown the other night. Um, it, it feels like the guy can turn it on on command. And, you know, there's there's virtually zero concerns with him with, like, off-the-field stuff or any other factors. So it really is some of those, you know, the overall context of the team. But uh, it would take quite a bit. And I, I think, you know, watching both Javante and JT, I think their values have only gotten higher over the last few weeks. So I don't know if I would get the same deal now uh, if I asked for it, but I would still want the same deal uh, if I had JT still. And I know, Bill, you, you're, you and Josh have JT, but you are in the playoffs. Um, so I don't know, uh, you know, what kind of struggle that would be to pry him out of your hands over there. But um, it would take a lot is the bottom line. And even if I'm rebuilding, I would need multiple, multiple pieces to feel like I had a shot to, you know, hopefully gain more value than I'm giving up. Yeah, I think like a mid, like a early, mid and late would kind of be like right where I would need to be. Um, but I would I think I would want a player, at least one player coming back like how you had it. Um, just because rookies, we just never know. I want to have at least a known quantity. And I don't think, I think those two firsts more than make up the difference between Javante and uh, Taylor, in my opinion. So I think that was a good trade for you. Um, so yeah, like you said, uh, uh, when Jake threw that out there, I was like, oh, well, what if you are in the playoffs? What would it take to get rid of him? Because, I mean, some people won't trade it, be, you know what I mean? Like, will not make a trade that's going to affect their potential playoff run. And I don't know. I th I'm, I'm pretty much down for self-sabotaging a team and <laughs> like, what would it take? I mean, it would take a monstrous pay like in the playoffs, you know, I mean, and when I say monstrous, it's not like an adding a first, like I would need like five firsts for me to move uh JT while in the playoffs and being like a, you know, a top three seed or whatever, you know, it's, we could arguably win. Um, granted, we play you this week, so maybe we won't. But, I'd love uh, for you to, to trade JT away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a quick 20-some points off the projections. But, um, yeah, it's uh, – I'm a, are you okay making trades? Would you ever consider trading away a piece, like a strong piece from your roster, if there's an overpay and you're in the playoffs? Like in a – obviously in a league with no trade deadline. Yeah. Uh, the short answer needs to be yes. Uh, you should do what's good for your team over again, the long term, being the next couple of seasons. Um, I think there's a little bit of a cost analysis. What are your odds? You know, how, how much do you hurt your odds this year? That's the crazy thing about playoffs, right? Is, you know, yeah. I, I expected Jamar chase to be a producer and to help me in the stretch. So that's, that's why I went and I, I probably overpaid for him. I sent Trevor Lawrence and uh, I don't even remember what else I added. And then we kind of did a, an exchange on some picks on the back end. Uh, but in the super flex league in the long run, you know, immediately Trevor Lawrence's value shot up as soon as Urban Meyer got fired. 
because again, he, he goes back to being the number one quarterback prospect. But yeah, I think if I get the right overpay and the right pieces, and again, you know, roster construct where like you all have Darrell Henderson on the bench right now, you all have a couple of other guys like, uh, you know, Jeff Wilson could be another league winner this year. Right. So in the right context, um, you know, I'm thinking, uh, let's say somebody offered you, uh, a lesser running back, maybe like a Javante who's a year younger, uh, a Javante, a first and a Deshaun Watson or a quarterback like that, who could come back and really be a central piece, you know, in a year, year and a half for your team. Um, but even then who knows if that's enough of an overpay because of the uncertainty there. But, uh, I think the short answer needs to be, yes, you should be looking at the value of, uh, your total roster, um, you know, the picks that you've got coming up and what do you think you can set yourself up for? And the best teams are always churning, right? Very, very rarely do you have good dynasty players that are content to sit for more than a couple months at a time, really on their roster. Yep. That's uh, you know, that's fun. Like that, and that point you made it, I totally agree with is there's a, a ton of randomness and what we think, you know, one bad week from Jonathan Taylor destroys everything. Like you're out of the playoffs. It doesn't matter anymore. So to get too greedy, even if it's just not even a monstrous overpay, but it's like a material overpay, like it might still be worth it. And, you know, there is one league where I was um, actually playing Rocky in a league and I was trying to make uh, moves to, like bolster my starting lineup. Cause I'm like starting Brian Edwards. Um, my running backs are terrible. Um, I have, well, I have Swift, but he's hurt. Obviously. Um, I started uh, Devante Booker and I can't remember who else. Like it was, it was just really bad. And so I'm trying to try trade for like Devonta Freeman, uh, you know, guys like that. And it just didn't work out. Well, Freeman ends up getting five points, you know, I, so I end up throwing Booker in who scores like eight. So it's like, even though you think you're trading for the better player in one game, it's so random, like not necessarily random, but it's, it's, there's, it's so volatile that like, it's hard to um, say this week, this player is definitely going to outscore that player. And, and so sometimes you got to embrace the, uh, the madness and just accept that, you know, we really have a lot less control um, of the results than we think we do. Yeah. I know people are freaking out who had Travis Kelsey because a lot of those teams have buys this week and they're watching (laughs) them blow up for 40 some points on their bench and they're hoping, right. And everybody's a little superstitious, but they're hoping that it doesn't mean that this week is a down week coming up based on, you know, this week's performance. So yeah, you never know. And yeah, you got to be able to look at the value a little bit more objectively and, um, I think early on, I was very much, uh, this is my baby. I want to build it the way that I want it. I want to have guys that I really like to watch, which is fine. I think there's something to be said about, you want to make it fun, whatever fun means for you. Uh, but I think for a lot of us, ultimately fun means competing. Right. And that's yeah. the other thing I have to remind myself is second place pays as well. I mean, there's something yeah. to say about having first place and winning the championship, but you know what, if I, if I drop down to second place this year, because, uh, you know, maybe I, I just know I'm going up against a juggernaut in the finals anyway. Um, but that's going to set me up to be more competitive next year and the year after. I'm okay with that. And I think, yeah, I, I mean, I agree. And I think that's something that I fall into where I just don't, um, 
I don't, I kind of lose that perspective. And I think this talk is really important. So, um, you know, just to consider that sort of thing. And even during end season, you know, we always fall in love with certain players and it's just like, I mean, really a lot of these players are interchangeable up to a point. I mean, give or, give or take a couple points per game. And, you know, so it's, uh, definitely something to think about. Um, all right. So next one's from, uh, this is actually a tweet, uh, Casey at CW McGrath, uh, four point PPR dynasty league. I need running back help for the playoffs. Would you trade CMC for Chubb? Drew? Yes. Yeah. I thought that was, uh, pretty much a no brainer for me. Um, I mean, CMC obviously has a higher, um, a higher ceiling. Um, but I mean, Chubb still looks pretty damn good still. And so I'm totally cool helping myself in the playoffs. So yeah, <laughs> like similar age, right? Yep. Uh, Chubb had a, a second touchdown called back that won't show on the box score this week. And yeah, you know, I, I know a lot of people are, are hung up on uh, points per game, which is valid. However, when you only play three games in the year, uh, unless you can tell me exactly when those three games are going to be, uh, I'll take the guy that's producing, you know, five points fewer per game, but is playing two or three times the, the number of games, um, especially when it seems like he's got a pretty pretty good stranglehold on the, the backfield right now. We'll see how long it takes for Kareem Hunt to come back. So, yeah, I, I feel like that's a pretty easy, whether it's PPR, half PPR standard, doesn't matter what format, I, I would take that trade. And it looks in the trade, it was 58 to 42%. So it's actually reasonably close. So um, those are the kind of trades you really always have to kind of be looking for before your trade deadline or, you know, if you don't have one uh, in the playoffs, like moving some of those guys on the IR um, for maybe just slightly lesser player, but can really help you during the playoffs. Like um, sometimes I would skip doing that. And, you know, last couple of years, I've really been paying attention to that just because again, going back to our last conversation, it's just, uh, you know, the, the players are pretty interchangeable overall. All right, um, Rocky, uh, previously mentioned Rocky uh, from Trade Addicts and Dynasty Junkies uh, at Dynasty FF Addict. Do I trade Nook and a 23rd first for Deontay on an injury-depleted one-seed roster where I want to win, damn it? Um, I say yes. I mean, it looks like a lot, and I know the 23 first is, like, sexy to everybody right now, but you're, you're buying four years. Um, you get a player that's going to help you in the playoffs, and I know he loves Deontay Johnson. So, like, you got three yeses right there. That's the triple whammy. Um, so I say, yeah. I mean, it doesn't – at first glance, it's like, man, that's a lot to pay, right, for Deontay Johnson, but – after I thought about it for a second, like I'm totally down for that. I like it. I like it, especially again, in that theme of you're putting yourself in a position to win, uh, win over the next couple of years. Uh, Hopkins is just, you know, he's getting dinged up this year. There's a lot of mouths to feed there. Kyler's spreading it around when he's playing well. Um, yeah. And you have time to get that 23 first back. If it's really that important to you, I think that's uh, something that a lot of folks 
maybe need to to zoom out and remember is that you can always trade back to get something too. There's a guy that I co-commish with uh, who who is great at that. He's moved a lot of firsts around, and in some way, you know, he he actually gets them back and ultimately usually improves his first, which is kind of annoying. Uh, how good he is at doing that and packaging players that are kind of either on the way up or on the way down. Um, so yeah, I think if if that puts you in a place where you can win, and like you said, you got a multiple multiple check marks in the pros column, not a whole lot of cons there. Uh, and any cons are out of your control. If he gets injured, um, something happens that's just a, a fluke or a freak accident. Um, you can't control that anyways. I mean, I, I traded for Brandon Cooks this last week and now he's on the COVID list. What are you going to do? You know, there's not a whole lot that you can do about that. Uh, except put Christian Kirk back in like you should have anyways. But uh, <laughs> anyhow, uh, I, I say go for it, Rocky. And again, for somebody who likes to trade as much as he does, uh, if he really wants to get that 23 first back, I think he'll have plenty of opportunities to do that along the way. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, a follow-up. He said another interesting one, same roster and situation, and this offer is in his inbox. Trade pits for Andrews to get an idea of how depleted it I'm down Fournette, Mitchell, Nook, possibly Eckler, possibly A.J. Brown, possibly Cooks. So knowing Rocky, he's always wanting to go for it. Like he's always the guy who's going to like uh, mortgage the future for this, you know, being in a, in the playoffs. And, you know, I can appreciate that. I'm not that guy typically because I love building my teams and I'm not going to like set myself potentially back a few years. Um, but like knowing that he does that, like um, I don't have a problem with this trade either. Like, I mean, I think that they're both probably going to be your top two tight ends for the next, you know, five years, maybe um, maybe you're giving up a, a couple of years, uh, but you have a more established tight end that's shown he can do it on a low volume uh, offense. And um, so really, the positive for Andrews is that the volume increases, right? Like at some point. And so all of a sudden, um, and he's proven that he can do it as the top um, target where Pitts is still kind of like, I mean, he looks amazing for a rookie. Um, and I, I know you're giving something up there, but um, I'm totally okay with this trade as well. How about you, Drew? Yeah, uh, I, I was not quite, I didn't buy a first class ticket to the Pitts hype train. Uh, I, w- I wanted to be on board, and I got him in a couple places. But, um, you know, I think now that you're in the playoffs, you know what your team is. Uh, yeah, maybe do you squeeze for a little bit extra? Maybe if you're down that many pieces, can you get, uh, you know, a really cheap wide receiver to go along with him or something? I might press for that, where maybe you add a third to your pit side and get a, a really cheap, I don't even know who comes to mind at this point. I would Two weeks ago, I would have said somebody like a, an Amon Ross St. Brown or, uh, Josh Reynolds or somebody like that who, uh, you know, I don't know if maybe there's still throw-ins at this point um, just to get something on top, or maybe you go after somebody on the Jags offense who's not doing well, but maybe puts up four or five points for you at least. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's close enough. If push came to shove, I would definitely do it. Cause I mean, Andrews did it this week, right. With Huntley throwing to him still had a hundred plus yards, two touchdowns. Um, he is that guy. And yeah, um, I, I'll be honest. I was not, uh, a fan of his early enough and I missed out on opportunities to probably get him cheaper than I should have. And now it's, you know, now it's too late and it's an, it's an overpay to get there. And, um, but I think Pitts is a good, good option to get there. If you, especially if you can squeeze a little bit extra, but like I said, push comes to shove, I'm doing it to, to go all in this year. 
Yeah, I think so too. That's uh that's uh Rocky's team's gonna be completely different uh <laughs> at the end of the season compared to even before the playoffs started. But okay, um here's one Jeff Bell uh wrote at for whom J Bell tolls. What would be your one fantasy football ask from Santa Claus? Mm. I put this on here and I didn't even think about the answer. <laughs> um so uh, for, either for of us me, think uh, of something, spit it out. <laughs> yeah, for me, I, I am overexposed to Mahomes, so I want vintage 2018 Patrick Mahomes to come back for the last couple weeks here. Um, going to be tough depending on what is his receiving situation looks like this week with Tyreek and, and Kelsey possibly at risk, but um, the guy that made Nicole Hardman look like he was the next best thing since sliced bread, um, you know, the guy that couldn't miss on the deep ball. That's the guy that if I could ask Santa Claus for fantasy football Christmas, I I need him in, in multiple leagues to to get me into the final round. Um, so that would be the one ask that I would have. Okay. Yeah. So selfishly, I would be asking that uh, Stafford and Herbert stay healthy because it seems like every super flex league, I have one or the other or both. So, um, yeah, I I think that would be my selfish ask. My my fancy football ask in general is like just stop the COVID for the mm. fantasy playoffs. Let the best teams with the best managers, you know, set the best lineups win. Like it feels like this year it's just gonna be luck. You know, like I feel like I've already lucked into like being in so many semifinals. Um when I probably didn't deserve to be in as many as I am right now, just because, you know, some of my lesser teams just happened to luck into like 40 point underdogs entering last week, you know, winning <laughs> and, and stuff like that, just because everybody had a shit week. And so um, that would be my ask is just let the best teams with the best managers win. So yeah, we blew through everything. You got anything, Drew? <laughs> Uh, only other thing I, I, I'd have to look back and see, do you remember who, uh, who are our final two in the, uh, timeline, uh, eliminator? Yeah, let me pull that up. But, but while you're saying that, so congrats to you, Drew, on being in the Scott Fishbowl, um, was this conference finals? Yep. Conference finals. Uh, I think my team finally gets exposed. I, uh, I lucked into, like you were saying this week, uh, huge performance by cup overcame. Uh, my deficiency at tight end, I lost Hawkinson, so I'm starting uh, Ricky Seals-Jones right now. And then uh, I'm starting Robert Woods, or not Robert Woods, I'm uh, Cup and OBJ and Gabe Davis are my receivers this week. Oh. So, uh, yeah, if Santa wants to help me out there, that's good too. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, this is where I opted, or this is where I got kicked out last year, but tons of fun every year, lots of good uh, going on. Love seeing the tweets of Scott and some of the other guys going around in their local towns, going to target and just filling up carts and truckloads to give to kids that uh, didn't have a chance maybe this year to get as much as they should um, and have a little bit more, more magic around the Christmas time. So love that that's the focal point still and love that each year there's more and more people that participate and make this a, a bigger and bigger thing. So yeah, 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 super grateful to be, be a part of it in general and yeah, lucky enough to, to make it deeper in the playoffs again. Yeah, definitely. And, um, oh, Lindsay Kennedy's in the uh, peanut gallery right now. And, uh, 
She says, congrats, Drew. I'll be cheering you on. Uh, Lindsay had a pretty incredible run. She was ranked 26th entering the playoffs and just got knocked out in this last round. Yeah. Um, so incredible run, Linz. Um, you know, where you're still dominating in the uh, timeline OG league. And uh, I think you're in an eliminator as well, aren't you? Um. But yeah, so our uh, eliminator, the timeline eliminator, has Steve Dennis, uh, FTC nice. member, and awesome dude, and uh, Arthur Smothermit, who left our uh, chat eliminator chat back in October. So, congratulations to you as well, Arthur. Uh, I reached out to you because I had committed to pay or buy T-shirts for the top three. Um, the top three uh, finishers plus the first person knocked out. Um, so uh, respond to my DM if you're listening, Arthur. Um, and if not, I'll donate it to some charity. Um, and the cool thing is Lindsay, who's in the top three, um, she told me to just donate it um, rather than buy uh, her a shirt. Uh, Steve Dennis told me to um, send it to Short Logic. <laughs> um so short logic you're getting a t-shirt in the mail it's awesome um so everybody just seems to be sharing and giving you know giving what they want so that's pretty cool um even and rocky who was the first person knocked out um told me to give it to uh uh jay who's been a member of our uh, eliminator the last couple of years nice. uh, and he's been you know making donations quite a few donations. So uh, Rocky told me to share the shirt with Jay instead of for him. So everybody's giving, you know, just everybody, just some good people. So it's pretty cool. Um, also on some eliminators, um, it looks like uh, Josh and I are facing off in an eliminator final in uh, Andrew Hall's eliminator, Andrew Hall, who's also in the uh, Scott Fishbowl um, still. And, um, and then Drew and Larry Monkey are facing <laughs> off in uh, the Dynasty Junkies Eliminator. So uh, a lot of FTC flavor um, and timeline flavor um, in those two Eliminators. So uh, so pretty damn cool and uh, fun. And uh, I hope Josh wins. <laughs> yeah, I need to. I need to make a bet with Larry this week. See what see what I can get out of him, uh, depending on what happens in the Junkies. Hell yeah, maybe he'll send you a, a Cooper Cup jersey or something. Oh, I would, I'd fall over if I got one of those. Especially if he uh, if he takes me into the next week here, that'd be that'd be amazing. But <laughs> I'm pretty sure he sent one to um, uh, who did he send it to? Um, I don't know. Anyway, Lizzie's the Rams fan. Did she get one? Um, Lindsay got something. This is just be going off the rails because i can't um oh, jerry. jerry yes nice. jerry straight to ireland man oh that's yes awesome. that's right because jerry took a picture of him in front of his like um like rocky like farm area it was uh pretty incredible wearing a cooper cup jersey that's awesome hell yeah so man we uh blew through this i'm not even sure what to say now um well uh, it's, uh, it's a couple days before Christmas. If you celebrate that thing, uh, hopefully you get a couple days off. Can't wait. Um, yeah, it's holiday season. So however you celebrate it, hopefully you get some time to, 
recover out of 2021 here. That's just been uh, another up and down year. Hopefully better things come in 2022. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you hanging out with us for a little bit here. I know this week's a little bit different, a little bit shorter. Um, but this just means you get to listen to somebody else who's got some quality content out there <laughs> along with us this week and uh, spend some more time talking to your family uh, when you have to. So, um, yeah, for sure. So we appreciate you guys uh, popping in. Uh, Linz, thanks for joining us uh, in the chat. Everybody's listening on podcasts, you know, same thing. Uh, thanks for listening to us. We appreciate you um, for taking some time out of your day to listen to our drivel. And, uh, you know, uh, Drew, it's been a pleasure doing the season with you so far. Uh, hope you and your family have a great holiday. Um, thank you, sir. Josh, Josh, we missed you today, brother. Um, hopefully, uh, we're back doing this next week. Um, and talking about who made some finals. Um, last one of the year. Yeah. So, uh, Anyway, uh, Merry Christmas to those that celebrate and happy holidays to the rest of you. And uh, we'll be talking to you next week. Thanks for joining us. Peace. Wait.